Hello everyone and welcome to the Lisa Burke Show. I'm so thrilled to have four guests in the studio with me this week. And as always, they bring with them an international perspective here in Luxembourg. They've grown up all around the world and we have topics that range from asteroids to art today. So let me introduce you to my guests. I've got Colleen Fiacchetti, who is uh, from California, in fact. She's worked in the apparel industry in both design and manufacturing for six years and then moved to non-profit work. With a couple of big events under her belt, including Whole Earth Catalogue's 50-year anniversary party and Park City Community Foundation's annual Giving Day, Colleen found herself in Luxembourg organising Asteroid Day and the various events that are spinning out of the Asteroid Foundation. Also involved with this is Razvan Petru Radu. How do you pronounce your name? Razvan? Exactly like that. Okay, Razvan Petru Radu. Razvan, like so many of my guests, is a multi faceted man. He works at the Publications Office of the European Union. We learned all about the Publications Office a few weeks ago, actually, with uh, your Director General, Razvan Hilda Hardeman. And Razvan's role there is Digital Business and Technology Leader. He is also the founder and president of the Romania Luxembourg Business Forum, a non-profit organisation. However, his childhood curiosity, never quite sated, remains to explore the unknown, whether that be new technology or space. And this is what has led to his involvement with Asteroid Day. Since 2019, Razvan has been on the board of directors where he actively supports the educational activities in Luxembourg and the sustainable development of the foundation across the EU. And thirdly, talking about asteroids, but with a different focus, is my third guest, Carolyn Milne, who works in the FNEL FNEL programme and is going to talk to us all about the Scouts here in Luxembourg. Now, Carolyn Milne hails from Irish heritage, like so many of our presenters here at RTL Today Radio. And you might know her sister, Jackie, who is an actress and does a lot of audiobook work as well. She came here, Luxembourg, in 1978 from Zambia, gone through the whole Luxembourg school system and has worked with Fnell Scouts since 2012. She supports and helps to organise huge activities such as, in the near future, taking 600 scouts to Sweden this summer. And my fourth guest today will be Katarzyna Kotbach, who is from Poland and is going to talk to us all about her artwork. We'll come to you, Katarzyna, in a little while. First of all, we're going to focus on asteroids and scouts, which is not a link I'd often put in one sentence. So, Razvan, just tell us about what Asteroid Foundation is. With pleasure. The, the foundation is just a projection of what the Asteroid Day as a global awareness program is. As started in 2014, it's a global dynamic uh, educational program uh, inspiring world students and uh, people from all over countries about asteroids, about their opportunities, but also raising awareness about what they can do, which is a little bit less nice if we don't do anything in the future. The Asteroid Day program started and was initiated, I think, in 2014, if I remember well. Yeah, that's right. But the foundation was only created a couple of years after in 2017 here in Luxembourg. So it's a focus on education and the outreach programs. Exactly. Which is what this event is, in fact. So, Colleen, tell us about this event then and the link to Asteroid Day itself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, the foundation, uh, when when we came over to Luxembourg, 
the idea was is that we would host events, of course, surrounding Asteroid Day, which happens um, June 30th annually and is celebrated around the world, but also to provide educational opportunities throughout the year. And um, of course, with with COVID these past couple of years, that's been difficult to do these in-person events. And um, so when we were thinking about what to do for 2022, um, when we knew that we'd be back in person, we knew that we wanted to hit demographics specifically of Luxembourg's youth who maybe are a bit unfamiliar of the, not just asteroids, but the space industry in general. And so um, it was really through a coincidence that I happened to meet um, one of the original scout leader who um, he, he and I, I met and started tossing this idea of how could we possibly get the scouts engaged with Asteroid Day and to learn about Luxembourg's amazing space community. And so um, because of this coincidence encounter with one another, um, the next thing we know, I was pointed to Fennell and um, started discussing about the creation of this Space Day. So on Saturday, May 14th, will be the um, first ever Fennell Space Day hosted in partnership with the Asteroid Foundation. And we are so excited that we will be having roughly 70 scouts present, various participating organizations from around the community, which I'd love to talk more about. And then um, we're inviting in cosmonaut Doran Panario, who's the first ever Romanian uh, cosmonaut, um, to come speak to the scouts and uh present on this amazing day. Well, it would always have to come back to Romania, wouldn't it? But Doran is a wonderful figurehead. For now, Romania is coming to Luxembourg. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, Saturday, 14th of May, it's not a day like any other. It's actually 41st anniversary of Doreen's flight to oh. space, 14th of, uh, of May 1981. Yeah, and we can only imagine what this space uh, setup might have been like back then when we didn't even have... Uh, uh, phones or internet or probably like Formula One in the 60s <laughs> except you're going into space you're not on the ground well let's talk about the scouts Carolyn because there's such a scouting culture here in Luxembourg it goes back a long way yeah Flel started in 1914 so we're about the first uh, federation to start before LGS we have the two federations LGS and FNEL with over 9,000 members the biggest non-formal educational system in the world with 54 million members. Wow. And how many people here in Luxembourg take part? About 9,000. That is 9, such 000, a large yeah. number for yeah, Luxembourg. It is, yeah. And it just seems to be growing, growing, especially now after COVID. It's growing. And what do you do in the activities that you put on? Because there's so many various activities available to boys and girls. Fnell of 30 groups to themselves. Um, they offer usually activities during the Saturday afternoons. The, the main thing is actually building up friendships, making responsible citizens out of these young people, strengthening the character and to build a better world so we, we can all live together. And now you're adding space yeah. to this world. We're adding space to this world. It's funny, but we, we found out, well, I found out yesterday that the two first men in space were scouts. I read that. Amazing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, so there is there is a, a connection there, especially as, as being scouts, you're always interested in new things and how that can help you and how it can help uh, the world. Yeah, Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin. Yep, that's Two it. scouts. And uh, one of the biggest uh, events in scouting is what Jamboree on the Air, which is uh, where all the scouts 
over the whole world are connected by via internet. So that yeah. goes into satellites. It absolutely does. And so then, Razvan, tell us about what Doran will do on the 14th of May when he comes here. What's he going to do with the scouts? Well, he will jump into the into the event, which um, I'm, I'm sure Colin will give more details about in a minute. What he will specifically do is what he does best since he came from space, inspiring the younger generation, uh, talking about the space exploration, what we what we foresee in the next years, what are the challenges, maybe a little bit about asteroids, but opening really minds mm-hmm. and inspiring them to uh, to maybe choose career which uh, which leads to helping humanity which is what asteroid foundation is all about even though it has the word asteroid there it's more space education in this instance absolutely absolutely asteroids are actually a very important point from space they 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 can show us the origin they can definitely help on the origins of of life Uh, they they are very serious uh, situation to deal with in the space flights uh, and now recently Luxembourg I think put the dot on the E in the <laughs> last years with the space resources which is absolutely a, a huge economy opening. It, um, it is, I know I know quite a lot about it, I was hosting it last week, exactly, exactly. it's a very very big event indeed exactly. and it's growing so much year on year, the whole world of space is growing so it's a wonderful thing to this, for the scouts to be involved with. So Colleen tell us about the event itself, what have you got organised? So what's actually really exciting is that we are going to have um, Esric, the new uh, European Space Resources yeah, in- on, Innovation Centre. We'll have a representative from Esric participating, which is fantastic because it'll shine a light on what they are doing here. And then we'll also have a representative from ST, the Interdisciplinary Center for Security, Reliability, and Trust, there. And um, they'll also be hosting an activity. That one's going to be very exciting because I'm pretty sure that there are going to be little rockets involved, which is <laughs> going to be very exciting for <laughs> anybody of any age. Um, and then we also have the um, Natural History Museum will have uh, their pop up planetarium present. And so they'll be doing um, planetarium shows. Um, and then, of course, Asteroid Foundation will. We'll have our own activity. We are going to be teaching um, the kids about uh, crater impacts and what that looks like using chocolate truffles and powdered sugar. And oh, how lovely. lovely. Oh, gosh. Sweet, delicious and fun. <laughs> um, and then, um, I hope you have a whole supply of them because they might go missing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then one of the uh, major highlights for the event, too, is we are welcoming um, iSpace, which is a, a Japanese-owned um, robotics company. They specialize in uh, rovers. Yeah. And so they are are bringing a rover to mm. this event. And, and I know they're, they're Japanese based, but they have a big base here in Luxembourg. Oh, a huge base. Yeah. Global, global, yeah, global yeah. presence and a big base here in Luxembourg. And so, and then, of course, the Fennel Scouts will be hosting their own activities. And it will be the rover age coming. So that sort of yeah. sits in nicely as well. Yeah. So is this event open to people who are not scouts? At the moment, no. Um, this is just a scouts-only event. Um, but we could see definitely doing something similar to something like this for the rest of you know Luxembourg's youth and community um, in the future. This, I would say, this is like a prototype. Yeah, I think we'll see how it works out. But it sounds it sounds like it could potential. be a wonderful open day, yeah. not just for space in general, but also for mm. the scouts. Not that it needs its own open day because it's so popular already. But it's just a wonderful way for people to see the variety of 
of offers out there when it comes yeah. to space and the scouts. And the scouts always have an open mind to what's out there educationally. We do, yes, yes. We always try to keep people open for new new things to explore, to, to help. Yeah. How did you get involved with the scouts and why? <laughs> um, to tell you the truth, I, as a child, I was never in the scouts. I uh, got involved by an ad in the paper. Wow. <laughs> yes. An ad in the paper. An ad in the paper for How very old-fashioned. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. It was, and Fennell took the chance, and uh, I've been very happy ever since. That's extraordinary. Yeah, yeah. That's not an answer I was expecting. No. Uh, a bit like Colleen. You, yeah. You, you got in... Yeah, also, I, I fell into yeah. I fell into my work at Asteroid Foundation prior to coming to Luxembourg. I was in the design, in actually the apparel industry, and so um, I having a design background, uh, you know, being in the events world and marketing this um, incredible global global awareness ca- campaign. You kind of need that creative brand eye, and so I just sort of had the skill sets to help run the program well. And um, after a few years of doing it on a freelance basis, then I came on full-time as a director. So it's it's kind of, I, I think I so, love that about organizations like yeah, ours, though, yeah. you know, the nonprofit or the sort of, um, you know, with the scouts. You just have to have an enthusiasm for education. I think we've both just been so lucky in, in the way we fell into what we're doing. It's yeah. really, uh, it's so much fun. It really is so much fun. It's uh, also the diversity of of things that I do it's unbelievable there's never a boring day I can imagine that I can imagine that for sure and Razvan for you you have a, a different day job and yet you find time to do all of these other things and have a family well actually the family was uh, the, key, the key element which actually got me close to, to Asteroid I had the, the, the big uh, the big chance to to meet one of the founders. We never talked about the founders. I'll, I'll come back in. Oh, we should talk and, uh, about the founders, indeed, uh, of Asteroid yeah, Day. Yeah, mm. there are actually four. Uh, some of them you very famous. Yes, you, some you of them are very know. famous uh, indeed. Let's start with uh, with him. You 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 definitely uh, all of you listen to Queen, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the band members. He's uh, he was always passionate about. Um, astrophysics and uh, his name is uh, Brian May. Mm-hmm. So Brian May is one of them. Um, Rusty Schweikert, uh, Apollo 9 astronaut. Danica Remy, president of B612. Like the little story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Silicon Valley, very, very engaged um, entrepreneur. And um, Greg Richter, uh, creative uh, film director, 51 Degrees North, uh, an independent movie with the music from Brian May. And uh, these amazing people, they um, they uh, realized uh, that uh, uh, such a day, it's uh, it's super important to raise awareness about asteroids. In 2014, it was the first initiative. Just to mention that two years after United Nations realized how much global impact this has and how much uh, need there is for an awareness. Could have, could have, an asteroid could have. <laughs> Let's hope it doesn't happen, uh, it but doesn't yeah. Happen, no, but the awareness has. Yeah, the awareness is important. And 2016 became became actually United Nations Day. Uh, just to tell, Probably it's the, the, the fastest growing global initiative ever to, to reach in two years' time mm-hmm. since uh, since the founders ever had uh, together, they, they put up together the, the idea until being uh, uh, recognized United Nations and organized in uh, basically, all the countries or over 180 countries in the world organizing at least one event. I think we talked today about over 2,000 events worldwide. Mm-hmm. And obviously, the most important is Luxembourg. 
Yes, but we can't like. say that. We can't say. I mean, our independent event organizers, um, we've had over 125 countries participate in Asteroid Day in some way, shape, or form. They have registered their events on our website. They're everything from astronomy clubs to museums, universities who are hosting lectures. But they, they really are the lifeblood and the driving force of Asteroid Day's mission on a global level. I mean, these people who choose to host these events make it possible for the world to learn about the threats and opportunities of asteroids. And we, as a foundation, we host the the website and we provide, you know, our Asteroid Day Live broadcast, which will be happening on June 30th this year, and streamed uh, accessible around the world. People can watch it on our website. And they're the ones truly who, who get the word out there. And so, um, it's such an endearing thing for me because it's it's just incredible to see the enthusiasm that comes from these people about this topic. But what you're all showing here and a reflection of the founders themselves, it's such a global initiative. The founders are so global. They come from all parts of the world. They came together somehow. I don't know how they ever managed to be in the same room at once. These four very, very different people. How did that happen? There's there's. There's a little, there's some different, uh, there's different stories from the way that I've heard it. But from what I've heard, so um, Danica Remy has known Rusty Schweikart since um, the whole Earth catalog days. Well, I can imagine that link because they're both working in the space world. Exactly. And they both live on the same continent. Exactly. (laughs) And then um, Brian May was invited to become an advisor for the B612 Foundation. Um, And then I believe that the connection to Grig came through Danica as well. And then Danica and Grig discussed Brian being part of Asteroid Day. And then, of course, you know, Brian Brian really believed in the mission. And so to have him sign on, I would say, is what made um, the movement really, truly explode. And um, he still to this day is talking about the importance of asteroid missions and science. And you see him doing that in his promotion of the HERA mission, which will be launched in 2024 via ESA as a follow-up to NASA's DART mission. And so um, all of these people, all of these figureheads really came at it from different perspectives of why this topic is so important, but they all agreed on it. And um, yeah, so so that's how the it was never everybody in one room, though. I don't believe. <laughs> I think, that <laughs> and, and you know, that at the same moment, the Association of the Space Explorers uh, was was actually it was very high on the agenda. The planetary defense it was very high on the agenda in NASA, in ESA, uh, in uh, in United Nations. There, there's the, the those committees. Um, they were thinking care. about it, so it all came yes. at the right time. It all came at the right time. Greek did the movie, including also the Stephen Hawking testimony so all all came somehow at the right you have to be at the right time at the right moment right yeah but you also have to have an open mind Mm -hmm. to be able to listen to other people and like you've both said Carolyn and you Colleen as well you've fallen into you know jobs perhaps I don't even know if I'd call them a job but uh, a way of living (laughs) (laughs) maybe we don't 
no kidders. It's yeah. a job. It's it a full time. <laughs> it's a full time job. It's a fun job. It's a fun job. Yeah. No, it, it, it's obviously not without work. I know the amount of work, especially for the organizers, which, you know, that's a lot of what you're doing is organizing. Yeah. And that work is sometimes slightly invisible. It's only visible if it goes wrong. With the little ants behind the scenes. You're, you're yeah. a queen ant. <laughs> there is such a thing. Yeah. Queen. The organization of events is extremely complex and multifaceted these days, particularly when you're dealing with global organizations, yeah. you know, where you've got fingers across the world, which you do have. But uh, going back to the open mind part, I think that's very much what the Scouts is about. And mm-hmm. the fact that you're trying to develop this questioning, curious mind. Yeah. And to 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 use things in a positive way, to use things to to either help the earth, the world to clean, to um, make it better. It was a few years, well, quite a few years ago, 13 of us went to Tanzania to Ilula and we took a car and we were painting, fixing the blackboards of all the schools around the place. It gives gives you back something as well, but it was just so the experience of camping in the middle of Tanzania was amazing, absolutely amazing. And we all just remember these wonderful, wonderful times we had. We also have the ONGD uh, Nepal. They concentrate on projects in Nepal. Uh, they will be taking scouts there next year in April, organising a what big camp. What an amazing camp. opportunity it for is. young people. Yeah, 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 it is, absolutely. And as I said, 600 of us are going to Sweden. That's so. really quite when it comes to organisation, not a it's, small thing. No, it's not a small, absolutely not. It's hard enough to book a summer holiday for mm. a small family. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I heard that there are 11 buses going up. Oh my goodness. So it's going to be mad, yeah. It's going to be mad, but great. Uh, <laughs> and the responsibility. Try and find someone who delivers food for 600 people every day in the middle of nowhere. But we found them, you know, scouts make it happen. Wow, that's extraordinary. And when it comes to the... the the association here in Luxembourg, it's open to everybody. Absolutely, yeah, uh, open to everybody. But tell us about the languages that normally are used. We um, we have now Telstar, which is our English group. They they work with the British um, British Scouts, but also with us. So that they're sort of in between. They're the link between British Scouts and Luxembourgish Scouts. We have um, Robert Schumann, which is more French orientated, but other groups now are open to multilingual people because Luxembourg is just international, and we are too. We're, I'm opening a group in Hesperange in September, and we've got English-speaking people now applying and French-speaking, so I think that's going to be great. And very mixed and as well. Very mixed as well, because Luxembourg is mixed. Is yeah. there a good age to join the Scouts? any age but uh most most children join younger say about eight or ten let's say and um what age does it go up to any age once that's good any always that's good always that's good <laughs> yes um yeah you can you can always stay stay on and support you know you always need uh when you've got activities people helping with materials or serving at bars or or um anything and so as an adult and you get involved with the Scouts, you sort of experience the same thing, but from a slightly different perspective. You do. Well, there's the committee and uh, it's like any group. You need a president, you need a treasurer, you need a secretary, you need um, someone maybe to do publicity, to support support the leaders who are actually working with, with the Scouts themselves. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. It's amazing to see in Luxembourg the involvement of Scouts until 
90 years old. Yeah. I know people of 80 years old. They are, they they are still there. there. They are still yes, helping for the events. That's mm -hmm. very well. It's such a community. Yes. It is, yeah. I think once you, you find friends for life. But I think that's a great backbone for any non-profit organization. You're building communities. Yeah. You know, the it was interesting. I just have to touch on the Scouts. And historically, it's a very... Um, earth-based organization it's about you know becoming close to nature and understanding how to protect it and then caring for people and um you know well you carolyn you would be able to tell us exactly what the scout law is but from what i remember as a girl scout which <laughs> did happen um it was a lot about um you know treating other humans with respect and trying to take care of one another bringing an element of friendship and community but then also really caring for the earth and i think that young people today more than ever that that is what they care about and so when we had initially talked about doing this space day event we really wanted to sort of uh educate the scouts about why space related activities are protecting the earth and that you know i think today um especially with the global climate change uh crisis being the main topic that a lot of young people are talking about, um, explaining to them that it is through the um, view of space that we can really figure out so much and understand what is truly happening to the earth. And what is more clear of protecting the earth than trying to deflect an asteroid? <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you touched on that earlier, Resvan. When it comes to asteroids, we can learn a lot about the history of life and the history of the universe as we know it, actually. But I cover a lot of space events, which I absolutely adore. I have such a deep fascination, like every human being. I think we all have a deep fascination mm. of how did we ever end up here for so many reasons at this point in time. It, it, it's so connected and very much connected to the, the work of our resident artist here today, which is all about nature as well. When it comes to space and learning about space, What I hear over and over again is how not only do we have to protect the Earth, but we have to protect space. And I know the UN are deeply involved with this as well. And they think about it a lot because there's so much work going on with research into space and development. We have to clean up space. There's an awful lot of debris up there. We have to understand how certain things work. And when it comes to space resources as well, there's a huge amount of ethical questions that are popping up now. Absolutely. But in my opinion, the... the um What we do today as a humanity for, for space, it will help tremendously on Earth. Uh, in Today it helps, but it will help even more. Uh, we talk about the, the green, the ecology today. So in, in space, okay, we can always <clears throat> argue about the, um, the non-ecological launchers, right? Yeah. This is one, one aspect of it. All the rest, the, the entire space economy and what we try to build now as a human being into exploration, everything is thought from design perspective, from the idea on a recycling basis, on a circular economy. The real circular economy only happens actually today in space, the real one. So everything which we, even last week in, in Luxembourg, right, about space resources, it's all about what do you do after, before, during and after. And after it has a life. It has uh, something uh, something else that comes after, or you take care of it in a, in a very natural way. The ru rules also, the rules from the beginning, they care about 
non disturbing the environment, mm -hmm. no, no, not going into an environment, being it a planet or an asteroid, and uh, a break the natural uh, laws there or yeah. the, the common sense of uh, what, what the nature established already. So I think we did not have such, a, such an approach when we were exploring Earth. Well, you're right, uh, because I think we're very conscious now of the finite exactly. use of things. We're conscious about that. We're also conscious about our own planet. And I think it started with that. Yeah. And there, there is a huge event uh, from what Colleen and um, Caroline said earlier. There is actually a huge link between scouts and, uh, and um, um, astronauts, uh, which is the... The awareness of the fragility of planet Earth. There is not one astronaut, not even one, which I have not seen being concerned, being his biggest concern when he comes back to Earth or he or she. Mm -hmm. You all hear them about one single thing, how, how they realize being up there, how small and how fragile it is. And the, the scouts, they do this on Earth without going to space. Mm -hmm. How precious uh, it is and how we have to yeah. look after it. And uh, I suppose gives you a different view on things also. Maybe the astronaut or cosmonaut who's up and sees it as a whole sphere. As a whole sphere. And yeah. we're trying to then, um, on, the, on the smaller scale, trying to do it from the inside. Absolutely. Now, going back to the space exploration, uh, non-technical public, they, they, that's why awareness is important in space in general. Public does not know yet. They think space is something very remotely or very complicated. They can think it's money. a waste of money. And it can be a waste of money because they don't see, uh, and it's normal, they don't see yet the, the, the results and what, what can bring. But again, when we think today missions, we think not uh, on, uh, on something that, ah, I will uh, make my luggage, I will take everything from home, put it in the truck, spend it somewhere, produce some uh, some uh, rest uh, which which I don't take care of and then I come back and in the meantime I have a, a super high uh, carbon uh, print. No, actually the missions now, uh, you, you think going to explore the moon but we think of building everything with materials from there. I don't, I will not take my hammer and the nails from Earth and if, including water. So most of the research now is, yeah, how do you produce water and, and oxygen from there? Because it costs so much money to take it up into space. It's one of the one of the things. Yeah. No, no, it's a it's a fascinating and burgeoning field for sure. Well, that segue leads perfectly on to our artist who is Katarzyna Kotbach. Katarzyna is a Polish artist trained in sculpture and art pedagogy at the Academy of Fine Arts in Krakow and the National School of Fine Arts in Paris. And as a young girl, scout age perhaps, Katarzyna received the bronze medal, the third prize at the Biennial Sculpture Awards in Poland. She's lived in Luxembourg since 2004 and works as an independent artist in her studio in Kurisch with the group Sixth Floor, which I think is a fabulous name for a group, actually. <laughs> her work in bronze and wood has continued to garner international interest at sculpture meetings and symposia. She exhibits across the world, is a lecturer of wood carving and drawing, and this year she's been exhibiting at the prestigious Domaine de chaumont sur loire in France, the first Luxembourg-based artist to do so. And so it's a great pleasure to have you here because I know you're zipping between here and France at the moment. So we're lucky to have your time whilst you're in Luxembourg. Mm -hmm. Welcome. Hi, Elisa. Thank you for having me here. 
Sorry for my English. I'm not so fluent. You're wonderful. <laughs> I, I do my best. You're definitely more fluent know. than I am in Polish. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. For it sure. Makes Luxembourgish. Yeah. <laughs> so, so tell us about you, your background, your your life as a little girl in Poland, and what drew you to art in the first place. So um, I was born in Rzeszów, 1978, and I come from Stubierna. It's southeastern Poland, and I studied sculpture first in uh, high school, and it was quite a um, demanding si- system of teaching. But high school, um, to, to study yes. sculpture even in high school, yes. that's such a, a wonderful opportunity. Yeah, it's very particular in Poland, and like I said, a very high, really high level of education, and this is preparation for uh, fine art, after all. It was five years of drawing, uh, painting, sculpture, photography as well, and uh, and literature and mathematics. Uh, and, um, because it's like architecture, but just on a smaller scale. Exactly. You're, you're building things literally yeah. with your hands. Exactly. So then I was accepted in the Jan Mateko uh, Fine Art Academy in Kraków. And... Uh, and I study uh, sculpture as well and uh, art education. Mm-hmm. And then moved to and Paris. Then I, yes, yeah, and there I had a great luck to get into the studio of Giuseppe Pinone. I think he was a huge influence on you. Yes, for sure. So for those uh, of us who don't know much about him, tell us about him. He's the Benjamin of Arte Povera. You know, Arte Povera and stood against this culture industry in the 60s and the consumer society and they privilege the act of creation and take on daily and entirely natural purpose. Tell us a little bit about his character. What was it about him that inspired you so much? He has this particular connection with nature and uh, he was connected with, I discovered later, that he was connected with somebody who's very important to me, with theater, experimental theater. And this guy who created this theater, he's born in the same city than me. Uh-huh. He comes from Poland. And it was the beginning for Giuseppe Penone to, to make this, this kind of theater in the nature. And it's, this is so influential to you, your work with nature? Actually, I was already close to Arte Povera and land art. And this day at his class just confirmed and re- reconfirmed my, my way. Because I was a kid of, of woods, of forests, of meadows mm-hmm. from the beginning. So um, I was always connected with nature. Give us an audio version of the art that you create. Okay. So my creativity is closely linked to my deep connection with nature. Uh, actually, it's a result of this constant conversation with nature. And it's my way to of breathing nature be inspired. And I'm working with the local trees. Then I'm invited to transform, to sculpt, to compose, recompose. And um, in the beginning, it was uh, just the wood. It's my favorite materials. But to understand why, I studied many other materials like uh, stone, uh, glass, ceramic, bronze, uh, actually everything. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, 
Wood is softer than all of those things. Uh, and it has a life history. Yes, life materials, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and it was through the wood that I returned to materia prima. It's very important, fragile and ephemeral uh, elements of nature. And I think it was um, Victor Hugo, he write some sentence for me. <laughs> for example, I can't look at a tree leaf without being crushed by the universe. And this is this connection with micro and macro scale that uh, we've been discussing yes, <laughs> with the us right now. Yes, yeah. because for us as artists, uh, this is the most important playing ground for us, our imagination. This is universe, cosmos. So at the heart of my works, you can find memory fragments a reconstructed form made of branches, leaves, bark, or elements uh, of earlier sculpture. But I've seen resin. these incredible, uh-huh. incredible large... Scale mandalas. Y- yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're amazing, just of leaves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is the kind of installation that I have now in Chaumont-sur-Loire. Which I want to come on to because, yeah. again, a lot of our listeners won't know how prestigious this yes. is. So it's the 15th anniversary. Yes. And what is this event in France? Um, this is amazing platform of contemporary art actually art uh, intersection of art and nature yeah art and nature that's it's the very important yeah yes. the difference yeah and um, and you're the first luxembourg based yeah, artist to be there i'm so happy to be able to exhibit there because it's uh, not just amazing place but um, because of this special kind of energy we have a very important personality behind the story. This is Madame Colomb, Colomb du Monde. She's so strong. Um, she has this uh, capacity to develop this concept, unity of this concept between botanic, gardens, art and na- nature. And I am really happy to show my work with the other artists, well-known artists like uh, Jean Plenza, Fab- Fabienne Verdier, uh, Lega Quayola, Evie Kella, Stéphane Giron, in the edition before, David Nash, mm-hmm. who started mm-hmm. with land art. Do you think there's a growing movement of art and nature combined together? It's always been there, but do you think yeah. people, like we have been talking about today, have a greater appreciation of the earth? And I'm sure there's lots of art activities within the Scouts. There is a lot of land art activities. It's great. Yeah. I mean, the stuff children can just do with what they find in the nature. Yes. It's yeah. fantastic, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You should bring Carazinha well, along for yeah, a session. For Sentier Educatif, I, I started to, to work with kids in the forest a few years ago. Well, the forests are just such a wonderful place to be yeah. from a health point of view as well. Yeah. And the health of our forests uh, gives I mean, us such health back. And it's not just two-dimensional, it's three-dimensional. It's feeling, looking, smelling. Yeah. Uh, you're in the middle of the art itself and then you can sort of make your little pictures or you can change something it's it's yeah yeah well that's a very good point actually the fact that it's 3d and you have that sense of touch and smell as well which i didn't think about in fact that you're bringing into your work i i think we have this responsibility to develop this kind of sensitivity Mm -hmm. now because it's getting lost we we are the past we are the part of nature anyway 
So this is, we need to come back in the symbiosis with mm-hmm. nature. Mm-hmm. They don't know this actually yeah. now. This is in, in our consumption society, it's very problematic. Yeah. And uh, this is my ecologic part too. <laughs> so tell us about that because you've got a very strong ecological mindset which is very um, deeply embedded within your philosophy. So when it comes to you producing your art, you must have to produce art absolutely entirely connected to your values and philosophy. Uh, yes, like I said, it's a result of my philosophy, yeah. I try to express my deep care for the environment and I hope it will help us realize we we should care too, everybody, to consider in our daily habits. Mm-hmm. And then you've been in Luxembourg a long time as an artist. How have you observed the Luxembourg art scene to have developed in that time? Huh. It's a very funny question actually for me because I, since I'm an actor on the stage, uh, I don't have enough distance to fully answer this question. But um, Do you think there's enough support for artists? <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> yes and no. <laughs> I think it's a no first. But it's, um, what support would be good for artists here? A really deep dialogue. With who? With uh, curators, with institutions. I, I think I, I see this different now because I'm outside and I pay so much attention to integral form that we have. So our, our part of philosophy, of expression, of uh, actually everything. And uh, I think it will be... Uh, in the future more dynamic mm-hmm. it's uh, it's quite now the arson it's increasingly dynamic in luxembourg but uh, we continue uh, to have very interesting exhibition at the Mudam and uh, art week it's um, open it swings concept by, by alex redding and kunschal we have control now in ash and and the hand of masters with the man de maître brilliantly organized by Jean-Marc Dimanche. It's new, but it's it's huge opportunity to show our uh, work. And Do you think art is taught well enough at schools? Because when you described your secondary school experience with sculpture, that opportunity is not available to most school children here. Yes, I know. Um, I create some workshops for them. For me, it's not enough developed here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, maybe it will be. I <laughs> never lose the hope. Mm-hmm. I don't have enough time, but I love to teach. And especially, I love to work with kids. Uh, it was a very important part for me. For, for years, I, I, I collaborate with them, actually. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think art gives uh, children also um, a sense of themselves or they can express feelings maybe that they can't that you can't in normal daily Mm -hmm. life well tell us what the scouts do when it comes to art and how because the scouts by its very nature is aside from school and it's education in a completely different more open way and art is a form of self-expression which the scouts encourage no doubt we do yes um as with the younger ones we we do land art uh, go out into the woods and just let them express them or what do what they want really some 
children still stay with the pictures that they make of leaves, but other ones create beautiful abstract forms. And then uh, I think just going out and spending a weekend in a tent is art itself. You've got to make the fire. You've got to... It's That's a wonderful it's a expression yeah. of art in a movement form. Yeah. yeah. I like that very much. <laughs> well, it is because you, you, you sort of live in the picture that you usually read about, no? That's such a beautiful way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah. It's something ancestral in this kind yes. of uh, presence in the forest. You create your own stories. Yeah. yeah. You, lovely. You are a reconnect with with nature, with nature. With, with maybe who who we are really yeah because there's no screen between you and reality you are in it so I love that you're yeah. sitting in the picture it's beautiful yeah, exactly uh, and it actually can be a very very much uh, a solution and a communication tool yeah. give you two Absolutely. examples uh, in uh, we day uh, and the story day live in Luxembourg actually we had a contest in 2019 here in Luxembourg now on uh, what kids worldwide but it was shown in the asteroid day life of posters uh, and uh, the, the the question was okay how can you deflect an asteroid i still remember today so the, the powerful, <laughs> powerful. The powerful tool and talking about radio about art i can give you an image uh, alexander mizurkin was sitting in the panel live across the world with the poster of a kid and the poster of the kid was actually playing badminton, using a badminton racket to deflect the asteroid coming towards Earth. Alexander Mizurkin was just a few months ago the the head commander on the ESS. Uh, huh? Yeah, yeah. Right. So, uh, you see kids imagining solutions that mm. Definitely NASA has not no. <laughs> out playing badminton with the asteroids. A, a large badminton racket with some very uh, strong like, like tensile uh, material. Einstein said it's, uh, it's not about science, it's about an imagination. Yeah. Imagination, yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, we talk, we are in May, in, uh, if I'm not wrong, in Vianden, Les Amis du Chateau, there is a, uh, every year there is a caricature and cartoon contest and it's going now it's until the end of the month it's in the Salle du Chevalier uh, à Vianden and it's about energy last year was about uh, artificial intelligence and two years ago or three years ago was about space and you go there and you see how how amazing uh, how how amazing the solutions or the the views of the various artists is about that Sometimes very technological subject. But Nothing you know, most of the artists from Chaumont, they collaborate with astrophysicians and uh, astro... Uh, uh, yes, of course, yeah. because it's it's part of us and it's normal, but we need to feel that, uh, to find this, to understand this part and to recreate this part and to find it the new this is about transformation for us transfiguration transformation but uh, we need this kind of information and it's very interesting I think, and it's the thing I love most about the work that I do when I bring people from literally different countries we're all from different countries here right now, five of us and um, when I hear your stories and the cross-pollination of ideas, I really feel this is the way the world needs to move when it comes to educational philosophy as well. We need much more interdisciplinary reactions and interactions. That's the key. 
that's the key word, and uh, that's actually what we try to do very much when bringing uh, scientists and astronauts. I think we have well, we have the event with Nell, yeah. uh, we had in the past. Now we have this year Lise de Garçon, we, uh, we will have uh, Lise Vauban, we had the school in Munzbach, and so on and so on. So a huge local impact with kids, and you see in their eyes the passion and why the passion, where is the passion coming from when you study? Even if you're passionate about mathematics, you still don't see that. You can't touch it. It's hard to see it in that, that, that blink in yeah. the eyes. But the multidisciplinary um, nature of space and art as well, mm-hmm. uh, making the kids see the impact of something or the transformation, something that they can touch, some, an achievement specifically, then you understand where your fundamental knowledge that sometimes for 15 years you learn in school brings you to to solve or to 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 solve problems of real life and this is why these guys uh, are so much inspiring uh, yeah. inspiring kids but is the truly behind is the multidisciplinary, multidisciplinary aspect intersection of, of different disciplines yeah. and arbor on branches expansion yes like a tree of life and you can like the work of your brain you know absolutely really. tuesday we had an event with kids in uh, in one of our partners well-known SAS Astra, and uh, those kids were doing were winning a contest in NASA for a kind of space station remote from Earth, and the point was to build that space station to be self-sustainable. Okay, <laughs> not build. I mean, create the project for children. Uh, for children, children, fifteen, sixteen. Small little question and to answer there. <laughs> I, I, I was blown away by the, the answer because I, I asked them, okay, what is the project about? This, this, and that, and I was expecting some technical things. You know what they came with? The most important thing is the or people organization on that station so that it is sustainable, that they don't start killing each other or they, they, they are sustainable in the way they live. Oh, they've all read Animal Farm. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> but it was nothing about uh, fuel and rockets and uh, uh, satellite connections. Yeah. It was about the human Basics. in the center of it and how to organize it, not to make the mistakes of the past. Psychology, sociology, uh, how many precisely what kind of um, the dynamics between people. dynamics between people what are their jobs yeah what kind of jobs do you need and by the way I asked, art and music very important to be on board yeah. art and music not necessarily physicians and uh, engineers <laughs> of course you will need them you need to, to repair yeah. the pipes and the people uh, <laughs> dialogue to, is very productive yeah. Yeah. yeah that is absolutely fascinating do you ever get told or have you ever been asked the question that uh, in our societies we have to be a fairly rich society in order to have high art, high music, that kind of thing in our lives. Yes, for sure. We have always this richness in into your own trunk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. A trunk of a tree. A, a trunk of the tree. Yes. It's my, my problem of my installation, actually, yes. in Chamon. It's exactly a question of this, uh, uh, answer of this question. But the old cavemen... You still find art in in the old caves. Uh, it's it's so it was basic. The sign of us uh, of civilization. Yes, know, and it's just so basic for people to express themselves. Yeah, and of course we can't hear their music, but it no. was there before. It was there, yeah. Colleen, we're we're coming to the end. You've you've been <laughs> sat quietly in a corner like good girl. 
<laughs> I just wanted to give the floor to other people. Ah, you're so nice. You're so nice. Um, but we're coming to the end of our show. Have you got any final words of inspiration to the asteroid little ones out there or the big ones who might come After and support? All of the inspirational conversation we've just had. Um, no, I, I guess um, what I would just encourage for anybody who's listening is to just go visit um, us at asteroidday.org and get involved in your community to educate on this extraordinary topic. Um, you don't have to be an expert to talk about asteroids. All you would have to do is host a watch party for our June 30th uh, broadcast if that is something you're interested in. We would we show it on repeat again and again and again so that it hits every single time zone around the world. And, um, you know, it's there are lots of ways that you can get involved and we would be happy to show you how to do that every step of the way. Just visit our website and you can learn more. For everybody who's here in Luxembourg, be on the lookout for some really amazing photos from our Scouts event that will happen on Saturday, May 14th. And then check back on our website to see what's going on here in Luxembourg the last week of June. Thank you so much, Colleen. Any final words from any of you? I just want to thank you, Lisa, for bringing us here. Oh, it's uh, my pleasure. <laughs> and uh, it, it's important to, again, to, to talk about these things because they are happening. And uh, kids usually don't talk to TV and radio too much. Maybe it should be an idea to bring them much more. Uh, amazing things are happening and education in Luxembourg is just uh, evolving at a pace, uh, a fantastic pace. And we need to support them. And here we are. And I'd also like to add that, you know, we we're here in Luxembourg, completely made possible by the Luxembourg government, who has been so supportive of our mission starting since 2017. And then we've had a number of other partners who have joined us since then. Actually, we're currently on RTL today, but um, BCE, which is what in would you the call same it? building in the same <laughs> building where we'll be hosting the live um, always provides us the most extraordinary uh, facilities and studio and their technology is incredible to make our broadcast possible in addition to SES satellites who will be sending out the feed on June 30th for the live broadcast um, and has been a dear partner since we've uh, been here. We've had such a wonderful community who has supported us here in Luxembourg since we came in 2017. The Luxembourg Space Agency who has worked very closely with us to make to, to help us define our program and then introduce us to the community here. The Luxembourg Chamber of Commerce, uh, S&T. We're just, we're so happy to be here. And of course, Lisa, you know all of this because you've hosted Asteroid Day Live how many times and we are going to miss you this year. So, I'm so sorry. There's a, yeah, there's a jewel event on that day. I'm well, so like, sad to be missing We'll it. miss you though. We'll miss you. And thank you for today. Oh, it's my great pleasure. Just such a lovely pleasure to have all of you here and for me to learn so much from you all. Thank you so much. Thank you. And we hope you have a wonderful day on Saturday 14th. And hopefully lots of us can go and visit your wonderful artwork as well. And of course, we'll talk more about Asteroid Day coming up on the 30th of June. Thank you all so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you a lot for this conversation. And welcome to Chamon. Uh, yes, until, we must say that the exhibition yes. is until October. Until October. And now I, I have some exhibition of Fellner Contemporary Gallery in front of uh, Museum Art and History. I will present my work in the uh, artistic residence in Esch for four weeks in July and August. We have some some artistic events in beautiful decay in Courage 
an uh, exhibition and Porte Ouverte uh, in end of year exhibition in our studios. So welcome and thank you very much for this. Thank you so much. Thank, thank, you. thank, you. thank you. Thank you.